It's Brian, your lunatic friend, giving you my piece of the puzzle from the 1970s. It's been three years since Time Magazine declared the Jesus Revolution, and 50 years later, the movie only mentions one band, and they didn't do them justice either. But in the years following Love Song, there were over 20 bands coming out of that one church. But me, I'm 50 miles away in Riverside, living in a garage and starting a new band. It's already been a year, playing as a three-piece in a band named after Jesus. But by the end of 1974, Sweet Comfort is now a legitimate band because we have a guitar player. Now at least we look like all the other bands, but we sure didn't sound like them. We weren't following any of the music rules. People said our sound was hard to define, and we didn't sound like any of the official Jesus music bands because we weren't doing sedated folk music or country rock. We were all over the map doing soul, funk, rock, jazz. Rick suggested that we invent a new name for the genre because everywhere you went, as soon as you told people you were a band, they would ask you, what kind of music do you play? Randy Thomas got a kick out of saying, oh, we play both kinds, country and western. Rick would always say, we play quasi-music, and he would always get a strange look. And I would just say, we play the best kind, our own. And we would play our own legitimate music as the Sweet Comfort Band on New Year's Eve, the dawn of 1975. Our set would include new songs like Somebody Loves You, Soul Tune Boogie, Headed for the Country, which wasn't country, by the way. But our biggest hit live was a song that turned into a five-minute jam session. It was Rick's idea. He would always come up with song ideas that sounded close to something he'd heard recently. In this case, I think it was, People get ready, there's a train a coming. Only our song would be built around two chords you could jam to. Dun, 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 People get ready, the time is at hand, and my Lord Jesus is coming again. It was an anthemic rock song that could be sung in a stadium and easy to clap to, and we would close our set with that song for the next 11 years. It was like a rock and roll altar call. But no matter what kind of music you played, you hadn't arrived until you played Saturday night concerts down in Costa Mesa. Calvary Chapel had built a 3,000-seat auditorium, and Saturday night concerts would be standing room only and getting to play there was like being on The Tonight Show. But we weren't there yet. For some reason in Costa Mesa, we were suspect. Calvary Chapel churches were springing up all over the West Coast. Sweet Comfort Band wasn't playing on Saturday night, but we were doing the road wars, playing every Calvary Chapel that popped up. Maranatha Music had developed an entire circuit. Straight up Interstate 5, playing Bakersfield, Fresno, Modesto, Sacramento, and Yuba City. And we would drive these gigs in an eight-passenger van, pulling a trailer, and we were gone all the time. Being on the road was mind-numbing. So when I got home, it was time to get my own place. I had grown tired of sleeping behind a piano in a garage. Yep, I had found closer to downtown another garage, except that it had a shower and a front door, and the garage door had been walled off. It was a separate building, and it came for only $45 a month, at least for the first six months, and then there was a dispute over who owned that property, and I was instructed to not pay rent to anyone until the dispute was settled. I called it divine intervention because I lived there for the next four years absolutely free. And it was a good thing, too, because I took a job at a dealership that would have flexible hours so I could do gigs that would pay uh, next to nothing. There would be several months where I traded cars with a girl at church who had a Volkswagen bug, and I would let her drive my Pinto so nobody would know where it was to repossess it. And there were evenings where if nobody invited me over to their house to eat, I wouldn't have had food. But it was a way to stay rock and roll skinny without doing the drugs.
drugs. I didn't have a regular girlfriend because I was gone every weekend. Kind of like in that song, California Girls. None of the guys go steady cause it wouldn't be right to leave your best girl home every Saturday night. I did, however, have several girlfriends. One girl was a hairdresser I got free haircuts from. And one girl showed me how to use a crock pot. There was a girl living in the house in front of me who would keep an eye on my apartment when I was gone because one time it got broken into, but there was nothing to steal. First time she came over was with a friend and they looked at my place and said, I can't believe a guy lives here. Why? Because it was clean. Because I was happy to have my own place. And I had painted murals on the walls and I had hanging plants. I was learning home decorating from a woman I worked for, an interior decorator, and the creativity was more fun than writing songs. And thanks to her, I would be given a free piano that nobody wanted. Now my house would be completely furnished. I had a waterbed, a thrift store couch and chair, and now a piano. And I would refinish it in a cherry wood finish. Now I could write songs and stay up all night. First song I wrote was a song that would go on the first Sweet Comfort Band record. It goes, When I was alone, I came to know a friend of mine. When I was alone, his voice was never hard to find. And that which I feared most is that which is most precious to me now. That song was born out of the fact that I never had a roommate after college. I lived nonstop with four other guys in a van for days on end. Solitude was rare. So when I got home, it was like the holy of holies. It was hard to get used to not hearing the whine of tires on the highway. But silence would give you a chance to think, and thinking would make you have feelings that were uncomfortable. And then you'd wake up in the middle of the night, sit at a piano, try to make sense of them. For me, it wasn't really a career choice. No, it was more like free therapy, because music would soothe the savage soul. And I couldn't afford other people's, but I would eventually buy a turntable and a stereo with a little speaker system and put it on that popular way to make shelves using cinder blocks and two by six planks. And I would purchase my very first vinyl album with my own money. It was Andre Crouch singing soon and very soon. I didn't know it at the time, but that would be almost prophetic for us as a band. In the coming year, we would finally be invited to play at Calvary Chapel on a Saturday night. It came after a private meeting with Chuck Smith. He wanted to see where we were coming from. And he would say, you're not in full-time ministry unless you're putting in 80 hours a week. I think he was trying to scare us because he wanted to separate the true hearts for Jesus from some of the shiftless musicians that were floating around. But all we had to do was show him our tour schedule. We would play Saturday night so often, I don't remember the first time we played. But you can still see rare clips of us on YouTube. You'll notice we didn't move around. That was kind of a requirement at Calvary Chapel, because they didn't want you drawing attention to yourself. So we played wild music reverently. There's more stories coming. They're free. Leave a comment. I don't take advice, but I do take tips. At nutshellsermons.com forward slash support.